0: Hello and welcome to the Mythological Africans Podcast, where we read and talk about stories from African mythology and folklore. I am your host, Helen Day. Episodes of this podcast come from live recordings of the Mythological African storytime sessions, which took place on Friday evenings at 5 pm Eastern Time US on the mythological Africans Twitter space. Welcome to our Friday evening mythological African session. Um, it's so good to have you all here. Uh, I'm Helen. As some of you might know, I host this space. And we get together on Wednesdays and Fridays to read from folklore from across the African continent. We read stories, we read poems, and we just talk about them. There is no formal process. We basically read and talk. And um, what I'm always interested in is to hear your perspectives on what you've heard, if any of it drinks are familiar, and um, just, you know, how, how that lands, especially for the poems, because the poetry, you know, moves you and it makes you feel things and i'm really really interested in that on friday evenings in particular we focus on the more um, intimate side of african communities african cultures so we read more romantic erotic folklore and we've read quite a few stories in here some pretty crazy ones some really really sweet ones some very very sexy and erotic ones Um, and recently we've been focusing more on poetry uh, poetry, love poetry from across the African continent. <clears throat> the book we are reading from, um, the link is shared in the space in case you want to go check it out yourself. And it is called African Love Poems and Proverbs in the Languages of African English. So it has the poem in its original language and then the translation in English. And um, it's, it's a really good, it's a beautiful book. I've read quite a few of the poems from here and you know, it's really opening up a side of uh, African life that we're, I'm, I'm not usually used to, um, because I, I feel like for many of us who grew up on the continent, especially our exposure to romance and, you know, courtship and, you know, the, the more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, uh, delicate aspects of, you know, love and romance is usually not in the African context per se, and um, that's... That's not an accurate depiction of reality, because as you will see from some of these poems, even though <clears throat> for many African cultures, and, you know, the, the, the freedom and what goes on in Western culture does not necessarily always obtain. It doesn't mean that people don't develop affection and attachments, you know, healthy attachment and deep, deep, deep love for, for each other as is expressed in some of these poems, and sometimes that love goes sour, right? So some of these poems are not necessarily, um, you know, the loving of poems, as we found out with the Bemba poem, which Mukuka so kindly read for us the other time. Sometimes uh, it's, it's, you know, a more heartbreaking type poem. So, but today we're going to focus on Yoruba poems, like I was saying, and we'll start with a quick read about what traditional Yoruba courtship looks like. <clears throat> And then, if we have anyone in the room who is um, able to speak to what obtains nowadays, I imagine it um, outside of maybe Yoruba land, or you know, for the Yoruba people in the diaspora, um, the the courtship is follows more you know Western lines where the boy meets the girl, the girl meets the boy, and they kind of figure things out, and then they bring their families in. But traditional courtship is a little bit different, and um, I imagine the poems that we'll read will reflect both traditional and modern courtship processes. I'm excited to find out as well. I'm just going to throw this out there. If anybody in the room is able to read Yoruba and is willing to help us um, with with these poems, please let me know because it's always such a treat to get the poems in their original languages. Otherwise, we'll read them in English and that will be that. All right? Okay. So we are going to start out with uh, reading a short excerpt about Yoruba courtship rituals. And this comes from the paper that I shared <clears throat> already in here, uh, Contemporary Courtship and Marriage Practices Among the Yoruba. It was uh, written by Bankole Oni and published in the International Journal of Sociology of the Family in 1991. So it's an old journal. But I don't imagine that the the age of the, the paper has anything that uh, will affect the quality of the information because it's, you know, standard. And... <clears throat> Uh, the practice of courtship um, it's on page if you're looking at the document itself it's on page 146 and I'll just read that short section and then we'll jump into the first points and I do this just to give a a, a, an idea of you know the cultural context in which we are operating Um, many of us already know that the Yoruba people are found in Nigeria they're one of the the uh, larger ethnic groups in the country and we are well familiar with you know the the Yoruba people I especially if you're from the African continent because they are one of the the main groups who, through whose music and dress and even their language is having such a high impact um I think if you wear a Gele, you know you're you're touching Yoruba culture right there and if you love Whiskey as much as I do you're touching Yoruba culture right there so <clears throat> the practice of courtship amongst the Yoruba will start there And then we'll open up the floor, talk about it a little bit. Then we'll read some poems, all right? Okay, so the practice of courtship. Courtship can be defined as a secret or public association between potential spouses. It is a period within which two individuals of the opposite sex accept each other, first of all, as friends, and later, as husband and wife. It is a period of emotional and physical closeness expressed through the exchange of symbolic gifts. This is the modern prior to, and or within the concept, the consent of their respective families. This is the modern prior to, and or with the consent of their respective families, agree to come together in a special mutual emotional, emotional relationship. <clears throat> what is described above is courtship as understood by the modern educated Yoruba and the illiterates who live in large cities like Lagos, Ibadan, Ijebo-de, Ife, and Ilesha. Such illiterate young men, who are often engaged in modern crafts like carpentry, goldsmithing, bricklaying, are usually migrants who are far away from the influence of their lineage elders. Having migrated to the city to work as self-employed craftsmen or laborers at construction sites, they became urbanized. <clears throat> the girls they court are often the daughters of polygynists who have little or no opportunity to attend school. These girls can be found selling food to workers at construction sites or in shops learning how to sew dresses under a seamstress who also went through a similar apprenticeship in the past. The evening market in Yoruba cities like Oyo and Ibadan also provide opportunities for young men and women to meet for courtship. (coughs) A young spinster who has gone to the evening market to sell her wares has a chance of meeting several young men among whom she can choose one as a future husband. The decision to accept a young man by a girl is not always an easy one. Her friends may also play a role in the decision-making process, and this circle of friends will find out if the boy has another fiancé to whom he is emotionally attached. The girl will automatically be discouraged by her friends from developing any relationship if her friends discover that her suitor has another girlfriend. In such cases, the matter will not be brought before the families before it is resolved. in the village where a majority of the people still live to farm the land courtship in its traditional sense is a family affair the boy and the girl involved generally remain in the background for example among the yoruba in okanle a village in kwara state or oju a village on the outskirts of ibadan city the capital of oyo state is an interfamily affair and just a side note here, you guys. This the, the author uses the word illiterate, which personally I think it's not relevant to this conversation. So I'm well with me, but you know he repeatedly uses illiterate, and if you're reading along with me, you'll notice that I'm leaving that out, and that's deliberate. All right, <clears> the <throat> paper. Generally, the involvement of the family in marriage is ubiquitous. It's a ubiquitous phenomenon in all in virtually all Nigerian tribes. The general practice is for a father to look for a young girl for his son to marry. Often a girl below the age of 10 years would have been betrothed to a boy in another family. Again, this was a common practice among the different tribes in Yoruba. To get the approval of the girl's family, an intermediary, usually a close friend of the girl's father, would be sent to request that his daughter be given to the interested family. The response is usually not immediate. The process of arriving at a decision involves a meeting of the elders of the girl's family. After the meeting meeting has given its approval, the decision is often taken to an oracle for ratification or rejection. It is this final decision that is communicated to the family through the intermediary. The role of the oracle and divination in in marital decision-making is discussed later in this paper and we'll, we'll read that section as well. From this point, the future husband and his family are, by tradition, expected to fulfill obligations that may arise in the girl's family. In the past, they would contribute labor to the in-laws' farm work during clearing, sowing, and harvesting. Today, a young man would pay for hired labor to help his father-in-law. This practice still goes on in Okanle. One aspect of traditional courtship that seems to have broken down relates to the social distance between a boy and his future wife. The Fulani and Nupe tribes in northern Nigeria customarily avoid meeting their fiancé or parents in law during courtship. This is a token of respect. In the past, the Yoruba girl betrothed to a boy should neither be seen in the company of her suitor nor in that of other young men in the village. This was necessary to prevent premarital sex between her and any man. Virginity was revered, and the girl who lost her pride before marriage would become an object of scorn from the moment her husband discovered that she was not a virgin. Today, the loss of virginity is not looked upon with the distaste that was once associated with it, even amongst the uneducated, let's call it that. Nevertheless, this is still an important area of conflict between people who belong to different generations. The conflict becomes more pronounced in a situation where a young girl is married against a wish to a man older, old enough to be her father. The, ex- the existence of conflicts of this nature between spouses have in some cases caused younger wives to seek satisfaction in illegitimate relationships or adultery all right <clears throat> that's an overview of courtship practices and then there is the one section on divination so let's focus on that it's further down in the paper on page oh i think i overshot it All right, the role of the diviner in marriage decision making, this is on page 154. One of the features of the Yoruba cultural topography is the reliance on oracle diviners. Different diviners are found in many Yoruba communities, both urban and rural. Muslim and Christian fortune tellers are also found in virtually all Yoruba societies, whether Muslims and Christians. It's not unusual to find a Yoruba Christian or Muslim go to consult the traditional Ifa oracle when an important decision like who, when, and where to marry is to be made. But what is the function of divination, of future telling in marriage decision making? A man or woman, or sometimes the entire family, goes to the oracle diviner to find out about marriage. They expect the diviner to tell them about the lives of the future family. Future success, many children, peace, love, long life are some of the pronouncements the diviner would make if the oracle sanctions the marriage. If the gods are opposed to the marriage, he would communicate the opposite of these statements, after which all plans may be cancelled. To this extent, the oracle is functional to the needs of those who consult it. Since a man's ability to influence the conditions of his life are inherently limited, it can be argued that the oracle provides psychological support or explanation about uncertain future events. This is to suggest that when established and mundane strategies of decision-making are associated by the actor with insufficiency, such experience produces psychological needs which are met by some form of transcendental power or some form of belief system, Marriage is an important event in the lives of any two people or the families concerned. And it is for this reason that Yorubas rely very strongly on the diviners as intermediaries between the gods and the decision maker. All right. So it sounds like it's uh, quite the process which is to be expected. Um, as, as discussed in the paper, marriage is not a light, light-hearted thing. Um, we, all, we all listen to it. Any thoughts on this? And I'm really, really interested in people who have proximity, who are part of Yoruba culture, or who have proximity to Yoruba culture. Um, this obviously is what what obtains in the traditional sense, and those who continue. Any any thoughts? Any feedback? Any additional information that we might be um, good for us to have before we dive. or any thoughts or reactions to this? Is it similar to what you experience in your own culture? Just thoughts, thoughts and comments on this, you guys.
1: Hi everyone. Um, I thought I'd just jump in. Um, my name is Ken and I'm not about myself, but I have friends who do, but I'm Nigerian. And there's definitely um that's culture that's basically I'm Nigerian but I was born and I live in the UK and there is still that culture of um you know being a virgin, r- remaining a virgin um before marriage is seen as pure and it's part of the purity culture that Christianity brought. Um to, but by colonizers and has therefore c- come across to the uk by immigrants um it's definitely changed i remember um, you mentioned about generations as well it's definitely a lot more relaxed now with the younger generation so generation z and um millennials but i think those who are definitely still practicing christians um believe in that purity culture and i'm not sure if you talked about it but um, it'll be interesting. I think I think you might have mentioned um how that purity culture is also pr- present in the Yoruba traditions and religion as well. That'll be quite interesting to know.
0: Right. Well, thank you, Ken, for for putting a bit of context around that, especially as far as the diaspora is concerned. I was, you know interested myself to understand if the emphasis on virginity is a remnant of colonial influence or if it comes out of Yoruba, uh, the Yoruba worldview itself. Because one thing that we really, really have to keep in mind um, as Africans that there were ways in which um, the worldviews brought in by Christianity and Islam actually aligned with traditional worldviews. And that is why it was easy for some people to, you know, cross the line so and it this this was for helpful and harmful worldviews. so just because it seems like it came out of islam or christianity doesn't necessarily mean that it's you know it's important there were some african cultures which were very 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 conservative too you know and had a very strong emphasis on on virginity one i can think about is uh, the Gikuyu culture where um after their uh, rites of passage into young um into puberty the boys and the girls, where they would go through this training, where it was basically learning how to be in each other's company, and there was, you know, time spent together rubbing up against each other, but they were not supposed to get pregnant. So it was basically, you know, essentially sexually teasing each other, but uh, a, a copulation was not expected to happen. And if the girl got pregnant, it was a source of a lot of shame. And if the boy, um, the boy who got her pregnant would also face very high sanctions. And so that that did not happen because of colonialism. Matter of fact, when the British found out about this thing, they did all they could to outlaw it because they thought it was bad, right? So <clears throat> just because there's an emphasis on virginity doesn't necessarily mean it came out of co- uh, 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 Christianity. But we do find that in in many cultures you know the attitude towards towards sex and people getting together um was not quite as as rigid as we've seen multiple times in this room right so um it, it would really be interesting to find out and hopefully um we have someone who, who will join us or maybe I can ask on the timeline later um where the Yoruba worldview stands on issues of premarital sex because you know it, it it is, it is, it is an issue. There are many parts of the African continent where the whole practice of female circumcision came about to make sure that the girls did not engage in sex before they got married and that had absolutely nothing to do with colonialism. So that's a really, really great point, um, Ken. I'm so glad you brought it up and hopefully we'll, we'll get some answers. Um, so question though, if you don't mind me putting you on the spot for a bit. Me? Me? Oh, yeah. Hi. Okay. Hey. Right. So, I know you're a Nigerian, but you're in the diaspora. Do you have any uh, thoughts to share or any familiarity with the courtship rituals in your own culture? Gosh, I actually wish I do. Um,
1: because I am part Pukki and Bembe. So, mm. they're already, like, smaller ethnic groups. Mm. So, I don't really, like, know a lot. I haven't been in a while, but honestly, I... I've been asked this question before and I definitely need to know and I've been asked about you know what's the marriage traditions and I'm just like
0: but I don't know (laughs) but um no it's it's an excellent question and it's something I definitely should know so we're in the same boat because I I come from the the government name is Basanji, but we we refer to ourselves as the fear people in Cameroon it's a small village as well and I couldn't tell you in any great detail what our courtship rituals are or what our marriage procedures are. Like I could speak to the mm. regional details, what is expected, but the specifics from my own people do really speak confidently. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> Believe me. I'm right there with <laughs> yeah. you. All right. Well, that being said, any any thoughts, comments from the room before we jump into some poetry? If not, we are going to go right ahead. And seeing as we don't have any volunteers in Yoruba, I'm just going to go ahead and read the poem in English. And if you want to go look at the book yourself, see what it, how it goes in Yoruba, um, the link to the book is in the chat, okay? So we're going to do it in English. <clears throat> so the poem is called, Your Daughter is Beautiful, We Love Her. So the bridegroom's party goes, Your daughter is beautiful, We love her. She's like a gazelle, a perfect beauty. She carries herself with such grace. And then the bride's party replies, Our daughter is beautiful. You love her. She's the best of girls. She eats not bitter herbs, but dines on the finest of fish. And then both parties say, Oh, yesterday's bride. She's like a gazelle, a beautiful bride. She carries herself with such grace. Any thoughts on this one you guys? If not we're just gonna keep going until we run out of points. So something I'm curious about would be I I thank you thank you Ken. Um, che I see you opened your speaker your speaker did you want to share something? If not, sorry to put you on the Yeah,
2: spot. hello. Hello. Yeah, no, good, good, good evening. It's evening here anyway. Um, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to say that um, I was trying to talk for a while back. We were asking if anybody in the room is Yoruba. I am Yoruba. I come from Ogun State, Oh, cool.
0: Yeah very nice very nice so thank (laughs) you thank you for stepping forward the next question i have for you would you be willing to read some of these poems to us in yoruba
2: yes i would like to however let me warn you i'm not i haven't read yoruba in a while so i might mess up some of the words but i would like to try if you guys don't mind
0: no we don't mind at all and we'll tell you right now this is the perfect space for it because um We, in this space, we are all African people from different corners of the continent, just trying to hold on to our roots. So you will have people with high experience and people who are barely hanging on like me and Ken, we're just talking about, right? And the last time we had someone who read a poem was Mukuka, who is here with us. And he, you know, said a lot about how he wasn't, you know, fluent in Bemba, but then he did such an amazing job anyway. So you will find us to be the most supportive and kindest crowd. And we will love anything you choose to do. I promise. Okay.
2: All right. Thank you very much. (laughs) No, Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. So what I'm going to do is I will send you this poem that we just read. Okay. I'll send you a picture, a screenshot of it. Because sometimes I know people have trouble um, accessing the book. I just sent it to you by DMs. Please let me know if you can read it clearly. And then we'll step back and give you the floor to read for us. This is very exciting. Okay. Thank you.
2: Uh, I, 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 um, okay. I've seen the, the the picture. Can you hear me? Yes,
0: we can hear you clearly. Just let us know when you're ready.
2: Okay. Uh, okay, I see the picture. Thank you very much. It's quite clear.
0: Okay, perfect. Um, are you guys ready?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please okay um so the it says do you need me to interpret what I'm reading or should I just read
0: so the what I just read in English is what you're about yes. to read in Yoruba so what what I think will happen is we'll have you read in Yoruba and then I'll read it mm-hmm. again in English in and English. then the next poem oh, okay. the next poem you'll read first in Yoruba and then I'll read in English and then okay. like that and then um if you don't mind as you read the poem if you see anything that you know, is in Yoruba that we don't, we might not really grasp. Please yeah. do us the favor to enlighten us. Okay, if that's if that's all right by you.
2: Okay,
0: that's fine. That's Love. fine. All right.
2: Please, the floor is yours. Okay. Amayin dara omo dara dara pupo. Owu means he's well-behaved. Omanyi um, darao, omwa darao wunyi, osho mo mm-hmm. jeje. Omwa ki je ewuro, afyeja dede. Ewuro is a bitter leaf, I think. It's a tree. It's it's bitter. It's bitter, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, agbe lano, bi ye gmin lori, yawodara kupo, owu yeah, so that's it. Thank you very much for listening.
0: Oh thank you. Thank you. And you know, round of round of applause. Um a couple well, first let let's have let's have a uh, Ken. Looks like you have your hand up.
1: Oh my gosh, can I just say that sounds so amazing. Oh, that sounds so, like, much better than the English version. (laughs) English is the ghetto. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for reading that. Like, I did not understand a thing. But (laughs) I don't even know if it's just even just... I think the language is so beautiful. Yeah. Really and truly. So to be able to understand it as well. So to know what what you said, Shon. like... Oh, yeah, that was so nice (laughs) to read. I think I just felt the theme... Without even understanding,
2: so thank you. Um, thank you. Um, I'm privileged to read to you guys. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, and uh, the the feeling is mutual for sure. We definitely felt the chills when Mukuka was reading, and it's the same. It's the same. So let's let's try this, Sharon. And sorry to you know put so much responsibility on you. How about you read in your and then you tell us what it says. Because I feel like that gives a more authentic experience than me reading in English. How, the, how does that sound to you?
2: Um, okay, that's fine. Uh, I don't mind doing that at all.
0: Okay, perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and send you the next poem on our list. Okay. So you have that poem, uh, Baba Mo. And then the next one, ife, it's it's longer, so I'm going to send you that one as well.
2: Okay. All right. No problem. All right. So let's start with Baba Mo. Baba monlo efi efi addressing me. Um, what that says basically is that um, Baba is like father or daddy. Um. It could mean your father, and it could mean anybody older than you who's old enough to be your father. Mm-hmm. So the title is basically, Father, I'm living. Please um, follow me, send me off with a prayer, or follow me with a prayer. Um, yeah. So um, can you all hear me? Can I proceed yes, to read? Sir.
0: Yes, please.
2: Okay. So it says, Baba Munlo." Ye fi address me, yamunlo. Ye fi address me. shekusi, kina sheku, Baku kabako ni le o ni le o ko. Baba munlo, fi address me. So what basically what the first verse says is, Father, I'm leaving. um Send prayers with me. Mother, I'm leaving. Follow me with your prayers. Um, so I don't die and I don't get into trouble in the distance of faraway land. Uh, like I said, my my interpretation might not be 100% accurate, but it's close. Yes, I, I can gladly say that it's really close.
0: No, you, um, you're spot on because I'm reading the English translation, which I think I might just go ahead and read after all, so we're all on the same page, okay. but you are, you are 100% accurate.
2: Ah okay, all right. Thank Please you. Go ahead. Um, am I sorry me? Am I sorry me or? Ah, okay. This is a bit tricky. Am I sorry me lor jajaku? Am I sorry me or lor jajaku? Any filamiba worry elomade? Any ma sorry me re lo jajaku? Am I sorry me re lo jajaku? Um. A bo okay. I don't know what this word is. Uh it's a bit too um, advanced for my tongue. Forgive me. Mm-hmm.
0: Let me just go to
2: the last one. Mm-hmm. I think I got that one. Uh omalasho ekori ekorigele we omalasho Ewo rigele we Elekuro um, Okay, yeah, that's that's how far I could get. I apologize for butchering the poem.
0: No, 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 no. We we appreciate your your effort. We we really really do appreciate your effort. Um okay. you. You really are giving us something precious here. So thank you, thank you for you know putting yourself on the spot for us. So how about? How about I read the poem in English? Um, like you said, the, the title is Father, I Go to My Husband's House. Goes, oh, Father, I go to my husband's house. Send me with your prayers. Oh, yes. Mother, I go to my husband's house. Send me with your prayers. Let me not meet the devil there. Let me meet no ill. Father, I am away. Send me with your prayers, oh. Oh, men, seek not to lay down your lives for my sake. O men, seek not to lay down your lives for my sake. Only he whose head my own cap fits will wear it. O men, seek not to lay down your lives for my sake, O. O women, if you carry your man on your head, hold tight. O women, if you carry your man on your head, hold tight. Hold him tight, lest the wind blow him away. O women, if you carry your man on your head, hold tight, O. See the cloth seller's daughter. Her head is bare. See the cloth seller's daughter; her head is bare. See the palm not seller's daughter; how grey her head tie. See the cloth seller's daughter; do- is bare. Oh. So soon haven't heard the the English version. Does Does anything seem a bit different now? Uh
2: no, yeah okay. So I. I had no idea, but now I get it. It's a popular, um, yeah, song. It's a, it's actually sung a lot. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, um, a, I don't know, for want of a better word, a bragging song.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: so it's a, it's a lady who's going to her husband's house and she's warning all the women in town to hold on to their men tightly because she's <laughs> coming and, you know. I'm so beautiful. I'm so you know all of that is inferred. Yeah,
0: hey, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 quite a popular piece of Yoruba poetry. Um, ah, wow. it's performed at some traditional weddings.
0: Interesting, yeah. interesting. So, so the the first one we read though, where it sounded like the bridegroom's party sings, the the bride's party sings, and then they sing together. Um, is that is that something that's also sung at at
2: uh, parties? Uh, I, have not had any encounter with that. I would say that this is actually my first time of hearing that particular one. Ah, gotcha, gotcha,
0: gotcha. Yeah. All right. We have a hand up, um, Arau. Go ahead. Hi,
1: I'm sorry. I-, I wanted to ask a quick question before you continue. What is the difference between this and, um, anyone can answer this question. What is the difference between what I just heard and an oriki, uh, Praise poem, a praise song in Yoruba.
0: I'm just very curious. Thank you. Sharon, do you, do you mind?
2: Uh, no, at all. Um, okay. Again, like, let me just, <laughs> small disclaimer. I might not, I, I, I may not be 100% accurate, but I'll just give a general idea of my understanding. Um, An oriki is usually uh, a household um, praise. Um, so, for example, I'm, I'm an Odukoya. There's a, the Odukoya house where I'm from has a particular oriki. And usually the children of the house have their own unique oriki. So, it's, it, it's for tribes, um, houses, and yeah, that kind of stuff. So, to a large extent, orikis are individual, they are personal, they are not general. I hope that makes some kind of
0: sense.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I'm enjoying this space. Please continue. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Ero, and thank you, Shewoon, for being so generous with your time and your knowledge. You know, whenever I think of the word oriki, this is going to sound bonkers. But what comes to my head is um, the game of truth. You know, Daenerys Targaryen, first of her name dragon rider blah 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 exactly blah, blah, blah.
2: that's what it is that's, <laughs> that's what i is. that's
0: how i understand oriki and it's just this poem that sings about the kind of person you are and things that you've accomplished um so it's a lot more personal like you said She-un. thank you all right so you should have the next poem on our list um ife la Koja, if i'm pronouncing that right
2: Uh, uh, give me a moment,
0: please. Should be right next one down. So it should be immediately after the one you just read.
2: Oh, sorry. Uh, I was looking at the third picture. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've seen it. All right. Um la <laughs> y- <laughs> I, what um I think what that means is love is the ultimate of all the laws or something like that
0: that is very true. the fulfillment of this earth's law is love
2: ah okay, okay, all right, so I'm not too off okay um th- let me so if
0: okay. you want to take a couple of minutes to just look at it real quick um before you yes. start reading that is that is quite fine as well, and I'll just read like
2: thank you. Hello? Please go on. Okay. Um, hello. Can anybody
0: hear me? All right. I'm sorry. I was muted and I was over here talking. My bad. So um, just a quick um, announcement before you start sharing. The book we are reading from is called A Treasury of African Love, Poetry, and Proverbs. And it is available on Internet Archive. If you look at the top part of our space, I have links to the book we are reading from, as well as links to a paper that we read about Yoruba courtship traditions, just to give us some context. All right. Uh, all right,
2: Keon, floor is yours. Okay. Um if um ah, I'm not quite clear what that means okay ife lo mu benule kotopo what that means is it's love that enables two people to live in a small house i think um i'm not quite sure about that last word but ife lo menio that's what it means it love it's love that enables two people to live in a house of some certain type
0: don't um, to worry too much we'll read the english version so just give us your best approximation okay. and then we'll go from there
2: Thank you. All right, thank you. B fe ko see and fe call it to an image b if elakila you in your dark mol fair. okay. Hold on. Let me open the second one. Yeah, if you're la codk molilu fe. If o lose pata pata. It means love is the first law, I think. Be faithful, see. Report on the sin. No adjoshé. What that means is, if there is no love, we cannot do. We cannot be happy when we do things together. We won't, we won't be in agreement when we do things together. If Ella kujao fin la yeo eni adakulilufa. If Ella kujao fin la yeo eni adakulilufa. Ifello shaju igbeya woto kota ya. Love comes first in a marriage of for husband and wife. B if kosi epe ya kole pe mo lati worry if there is no love they would soon be separated If la kojajo fin laye o eni adakun o le lo fe ife la kojajo fin laye o eni adakun o le lo fe meji di ore timo it's love that binds two people together in friendship bi ife kosi aja ibula lawon ebeji je If there is no love, even twins will constantly be in disagreement. Yes, that's it. Apologies for the many, many errors.
0: No, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. And round of applause, as always, for you. Um, This this is much appreciated. This is much appreciated. And I'll go right ahead and read the, the translation in English because I think this might be my favorite poem yet. So the title is, The Fulfillment of This Earth's Law is Love. The fulfillment of this earth's law is love. So brothers and sisters, let us practice love. With love, two can live happily in the smallest of rooms. Without love, even in a palace, two cannot live in peace. Oh, the fulfillment of this earth's law is love. So brothers and sisters, let us practice love. The fulfillment of this earth's law is love. So, brothers and sisters, let us practice love. Love is above the law, and it is the law completely. Without love, there will be no help of one another. Oh, the fulfillment of this earth's law is love. So, brothers and sisters, let us practice love. The fulfillment of this earth's law is love. So, brothers and sisters, let us practice love. Love comes before marriage of a man and a woman. Without love, calls for separation is not hard to find. Oh, the fulfillment of this earth's law is love, so brothers and sisters, let us practice love. The fulfillment of this earth's law is love, so brothers and sisters, let us practice love. With love, two may enter the closest friendship. Without love, even twins may be irreconcilable. Oh, the fulfillment of this earth's law is love, so brothers and sisters, let us practice love. Isn't that just beautiful? I, I'm I'm just sitting here, <sighs> and what I appreciate the most about this poem is that you know even though the context of our reading this evening is romantic love, um, it doesn't stay there. You know, it speaks to love in community and how that that's the, the the baseline for us to really show up for each other and help each other it speaks to love in families it speaks to love in friendship and it speaks to love as the the backbone of of any communal effort any any anything that two or more people might be trying to accomplish which you know really is is the truth is the truth if any effort is not grounded in in love it's it's doomed as far as i'm as far as i'm concerned um what what i'm interested in and um, mukuka i see your hand i'll get to you in just a minute here what i would be interested in exploring and this is something that um you, you might have heard but you this might be new to you, but one of the things that we're going to do here at Mythological Africans is host a space, which we'll call, is a book club called Philosophical Africans. <laughs> and um, the the idea would be to look at African philosophies on different, you know, issues. Um, there will be world use, so spirituality, cosmology, you know, religious beliefs, but also philosophical um Faith, you know, hope, freedom, what that means, you know, community, personhood, um, explorations on these things, but based on readings of African, you know, writing and African philosophies from across the continent. And I, I think this poem will make, you know, a good candidate for a set of um because you know, if you read the courtship uh uh practices that we just read before we started reading these poems it would make it seem like love you know is is not even a factor you know the fact that um, traditionally the girls get betrothed very young and then it seems like everything is arranged by the family it might give you the impression that you know the the love and maybe not necessarily in the the romantic you know I will die for you sense but just that deep seeing and deep respect and care and you know knowledge of the other and being willing to take responsibility for the other that that is what you know real love actually is um that can exist even in those kinds of conditions and i think what this poem is saying is that no matter what structures you have in a society that provide guidelines if there is no love in that it's 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 not going to work at least that's my understanding i may be wrong um but yeah just any thoughts on this let's start with you mukuka
3: Um just two questions um in the earlier poem um when it was read in the the original Yor- Yoruba language um, it was sounding gender neutral was that something to do with the translation or was that something embedded in the poem and um secondly is there anything that would um, suggest the time when these poems were were said or written
0: yeah very good question so i'm going to go back to look at this poem the very first one are you talking about the one that goes your daughter is beautiful we love her
3: um the one that was um, about uh, a girl about to leave her parents mm-hmm. to go to, <laughs> right so to go to
0: so the um you mentioned something being gender neutral if you don't mind repeating the question, Mukuka. Um,
3: when when I heard um, Sion, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. When I heard him reading the the story or the poem in the in the Yoruba language, it um, it had a gender neutrality to it. I I, I could not get from his um, from his version whether it was a male or a female who was uh, leaving the home. Um, but when you read the english version it was more explicit towards um the gender at the point was it something that was in the translation or was it something that is embedded in, within the the intention of the poem
0: got it so if if i understand you correctly you're asking if in the original uh, yoruba language anyone who reads the poem would know that it was a girl speaking is that is that accurate yes um, any 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 um ideas for us, Shion? I guess the, the question here is is Yoruba a gendered language? So do they have, you know, specific ways in which men are referred to? Because there are many African languages which gender really doesn't really mean a thing. Like they they're completely gender neutral. So Shion, um this this question I guess you're the best person to answer. Um, with the the second poem you read, is it in the Yoruba language, is it written such that anybody would, reading it would be able to tell whether it was a man or a woman speaking?
2: Um, thank you for the question. Yes, I would say that um, from the first two lines. Uh, hold on a second. Let me just open the poem again. Okay, the, from the first, uh, the first verse. Actually, you can tell it's a lady speaking because she says. I'm going to my husband's house. Mm. Uh, let me not get into trouble. Let me not die. I'm going to... my make a, Let me not run into trouble in my husband's house. You know, I'm leaving to my husband's house. So, it's only... I mean, it's inferred that it's only a woman who would say, I'm going to my husband's house. So, yeah. You can tell it's a lady speaking.
0: Well, a general question, however, is Yoruba a gendered language in and of itself?
2: Uh... It, yes, it's, it is. But in some conversations, it might not come across clearly that this is a woman or a man speaking. But we usually have distinctions. Um, they're, they're, we don't have, for example, we don't have he, she, he, she words. We don't have them in Yoruba. We, we usually just, it's the same word that refers to male and female in that particular context. But we have um, Okure, which is male, um, Obire, which is female. We have husband, uh, which is Oko, and we have Yawo, which is wife. Yeah. Uh, we have Ya, which is mother. We have Baba, which is father. God.
0: Um,
2: God. Yeah. But we don't have he/she, unless mm-hmm. maybe those words are eluding me at the moment. Sorry. Mm-hmm.
0: No, thank you. Thank you so much. Does that answer your question, Mukuka? So what I'm hearing is that texts in which, you know, those pronouns have no meaning, have no relevance, but there are words which, you know, when spoken, it is understood that this can only refer to a man and this can only refer to a woman. Am I translating this accurately, Sharon?
3: Yes, you are.
0: Okay, perfect. Does that make sense at all, Mukuka?
3: Yes, thank you. Thank you very much.
0: And then your second question. Hope,
3: um, is there any indication um, about um, the time or yeah, the point in, in history at which this the poem would have been written?
0: Got it, got it. That, unfortunately, is something that the book doesn't specify. Um, what I can see is that the book itself was published in 1997 right? And he gives acknowledgments to a variety of people who I imagine are the people he, he, you know, consulted and um, collected these poems from. But the book doesn't give me any indication about when these poems were collected. But my, my impression is that it would span time because there's a poem here from ancient Egypt, right? So obviously that was a long, long, long time ago. And there is the one um read which he said is a poem a song that is sang still at weddings. So I, I get the impression that it, it just varies across time. It's just unfortunate that the the timing is not specified in in the book. Does that does that answer your question?
3: It does, thank you.
0: Thank you. And can I follow up with a question of my own? Is there something that triggered that question of yours, the second one?
3: Yes, um, I was I was trying to look at um, the the cultural perspective on on love. Um, if you following on from the the previous conversations we had on um, African on African community and our. Our diversity, in terms of um, male and female relationship, and how we build um, the the union between a man and a woman, and yeah, sometimes between men and men, women and women, it was slightly different from um, the man loves woman and man ready to die for woman mm-hmm. sort of a love. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with this poem, this poem brings out that that type of a relationship. Which um was suggesting to me um um a, a Western influence in the perspective of love. So that was why I was asking about the timing of the poem.
0: Gotcha. So if, if I understand correctly, this would be the poem where we read um the, the fulfillment of this earth's law is love. Yes.
3: Yes, I mean? yes that, that the fulfillment of the earth is love, yes
0: okay you know that's that's an interesting interesting um, perspective because i i asked the follow-up question because i i saw a little bit of biblical influence here um i i think uh is it the book of is it the book of john or which, which is the book i know there is corinthians um but there is also there is at least one other place you guys i'm Slacking on my biblical knowledge here. There is at least one other um, place in the New Testament where the subject of love is, you know, dug into. And I, I was reading this poem and wondering as well, you know, if there, there was some such influence there. But uh, without, without that context, I, I can't say. And, you know, like I said at the start, one of the, the things that, you know, we, we should not forget is that in and of itself, there are many ways in which different African philosophies aligned with philosophies from the Middle East and other parts of the world. So we, we shouldn't be shocked or surprised to see, you know, correlation, you know, and just summarily classified as colonial influence. Um, there, I mean, Africa was part of the world, and it's possible that as information flowed from Africa to the other parts of the world, information also flowed from other parts of the world to Africa. There has always been a healthy interaction between African communities and the rest of the world, healthy interaction and mutual influence. So um, some similarities should not be, you know, too much cause for alarm. But of course, we have to be vigilant, right? And make sure that, you know, things are not getting diluted, or if they're getting diluted, we know which is which. So this, this is something that I'm going to have to dig into because i i find this poem just beautiful you know and i earmark it as something potentially to dig into during a philosophical african session um you know to get a yoruba perspective on on love um i think <clears throat> who who is the the christian theologian who wrote about the different kinds of love i think it's augustine um who wrote about you know uh filial love and um the love for god the love for brother the love between man and woman um so the the topic of love is so fundamental to human well-being it, it has received the philosophical and spiritual treatment across most traditions i mean you read a, a sufi poem and sometimes you wonder if it's between god and, and a human being or it's between two lovers right so and you know um islam has also had a strong in- so it's possible that there has been a healthy interaction there or this could be a world view and it would be something worth digging into to find out you know what it's take on this thing we call love whether it's for between lovers or between you know parent and child between family members community friends and all of that so stay tuned philosophical africans coming to you soon right okay um we have one more point to go i feel like i've been talking so
3: there's a hand from uh
0: sonia please I, I was just going to bring up that i'm sorry if i missed if you already talked about it and
4: i missed uh, my question was does uh, along that vein does yoruba have different words for the different types of love um like you were mentioning there's Eros. Uh, I know the Greek words for it, and I can't remember the other words. Eros is the romantic love
0: Agape is um, yeah is lo-
4: right and, I think so, we are. and and if uh, is there a, are there specific words for the specific types of love
0: that's a very good question and so. Yoruba June are you able to to shed some light on this for us so when you talk about how a man loves a woman or you know two lovers interact love between a father and their child love between friends is there are there different words in your about different expressions to to uh, characterize that
2: um uh, that's a very very good question as far as i know as well as far as i remember i do think um in somewhere in my memory i've heard um Love described in various ways. Um, they say ife, ife is love. So, and then they attach another word to it. Um, you know, Yoruba words are usually sentences. So, <laughs> um, um, But I can't say for a fact that there are different words for love. But I think I've heard it used somewhere before. But I I because I can't tell you why and I can't say more, I would say no.
0: Okay. That is
2: limited to my explanation
0: understood well definitely something to be on the lookout for you know I'm curious so I'm going to open it to the rest of the room if you're in the room and you speak an African language are there different words in your language to uh, express different kinds of love that exists you know the love a parent has for their child love between family members love between friends love between you know lovers are there different words in the language that you're familiar with Anybody? Or are you thinking?
3: Um, the, I, I speak two two Zambian languages, uh, or three of them, or two of them more fluently than the third. And in the three, uh, there is no there is no distinction in the, the words that are used for love.
0: Got it. Oh thank you, thank you, Mukuka. Um, that that might be definitely something worth ex- uh, uh, exploring. Um, there might not be words specifically, but there might be expressions or turns or phrases that that characterize, you know, love between friends, love between family, love between intimate partners. Um, it will be interesting, and and well, maybe there isn't, you know, doesn't doesn't have to be, but just a fun thought experiment here. So. Any any other questions in the room? Thoughts, comments before we do the last poem and wrap it up.
1: I feel like I just want to say quickly. I think
0: in terms of um,
1: different ways of expressing love, there's definitely um, different ways in other languages. I don't know the specific things, but just you know, saying like "I love an object" versus you know "you love your lover." Or family, there's probably different phrases. So um, mm. I want people know about that. Just how to say things like, you know, I love this chocolate. You wouldn't. You, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought I, I know like with Spanish and stuff. Um, I know it's a European language. But, you know, they use different phrases to depend on what they're speaking about because it's it's about the intensity of the love. You know, you don't mm. love an object. You love, um. Your significant others, if that makes sense. So
0: well, that's a very good way to characterize it, um, Ken. So if if I'm understanding you correctly, um, a man saying or a woman saying, I like that person in terms of romantic love, and saying, um, say I like chocolate. So let yeah. me let, let me let me put this to both Sheun and Mokuka since you're the two people who have stepped forward. Um, if there's anybody else in the room who speaks an African language and wants to, you know, help us understand, please raise your hand. Let's talk it through. So let's start with Till, since we're in Yoruba land. If, if uh, a man was saying, I love that woman, right, how would he say it? Are you with us? There
2: you are. Um, yes, I am. You would say, okay, so is. Um... Is he saying it to the person, or is saying it to somebody else?
0: Let's let's say he's saying it to somebody else. Let's start.
2: Okay, he would let's say um, the lady's name mm-hmm. is Mary. He would say Monique Mary. Monif- uh,
0: Mary. Okay. Now, if a man was saying, "I love Amala,"
2: Ah, Monique Amala. It's the same thing. Okay.
0: If you're saying, "I love my yeah. mother,"
2: Ah, Monif move. Oh, okay. You could say Monife Yami, or you could say Mufero Yami. Okay. So
0: the question I have is, between fe and Mufero, is there a difference? No. Okay. So why no. why are they said differently? If this might be getting into, um, you know, um, <laughs> syntax and linguistics, which might not be the thing, <laughs> But I, I think...
2: Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure.
0: Fashola but I
2: think too. it might be... I'm um, sorry, I didn't so hear you We have say.
0: Fashola joining in, so maybe you're getting some backup. <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. Yes, please go ahead, Fashola. Nice to have you. Hi, guys.
4: Oh, can anyone hear me?
0: Oh, yes, we can hear you. Hi. Good to have you.
4: So what is the question again?
0: So we're, we're trying to see if perhaps um expressions in Europa might give us a sense of if there is a different way in which, you know, romantic love between partners may be qualified than uh, as different as a love between a father and a child or love between friends. So, so far, we know that the expression for I love is monife, but we also heard something else, I think, mofero?
4: Yeah, Uh. the reason why we have different words that means the same thing is because yoruba is a very complex language that has to do with different sets or can i just call it like different tribe between the yorubaris on its own has the way the way they pronounce stuff like the way the people that live that live in lagos, lagos pronounce certain words is different from the way the people that live in other parts of the of of like the yoruba cities pronounce their words so there is always changes yeah in how we pronounce them, but they all mean the same things, but it's just like people just pronounce things differently. It's like saying, like, I'm sure the Scottish has their certain words for certain things, and whereas the English also have certain words that also means the same thing. Do you get what I'm trying to say?
0: Yeah. Right. So it's almost like um, pronunciations can almost sound like dialects, but they really just mean the same thing. Yes. Got so, Monife
4: and are okay. the same thing.
0: Understood. So, regardless of if you're talking about a person, an object, uh, a concept, Monife is the expression for I love.
4: Uh, yes.
0: And and it captures the quality of, you know, this is something I dedicate care and attention and,
4: you know... Uh, it's, it's... I think maybe Sheo can back me on this. I think Monife can... It, like m- monifer is what the like the expression you use when you're actually talking to a person maybe when you're declaring <laughs> a love to a girl you can use monifer whereas monifer always goes with food and places
0: ah uh, so so it does sound like it does sound like depending on if you're talking to um, a being
3: mm-hmm.
0: um or an inanimate object the the quality there's a slight difference in the quality that that the the expression uh, uh, conveys
4: yeah 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 you you might be right on that because like i know mufer is always like we always use it or i won't say we always use it but people majorly use mofero when they're talking about places clothes like mofeng or Amala or Mufer yeah. all those kind of things like that. But when we, but when someone like when it comes to declaring love and expressing love, it's always like monife or monife.
0: Got it. Or, yeah. Got it. All right. So let's switch gears now and go, you know, south in um Bemba, uh Mukuka. Are you are you able to talk to us about this?
3: Yeah, um, I must acknowledge that it requires um, a huge level of, of, of awareness because there's very little literature about our languages to study mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in Bemba, for example, if I'm speaking to I love Mary, like I'm saying it in third person, like uh, it would be Narimu Mary. Whereas if I'm speaking to an object, the there's almost the nalimu the mu is absent I would say analitema uh, mango to say I like mango I love mango yeah. and I think that's where the the distinction are, will arise.
0: got it so but then if you were talking about Mary or your mother or a friend the expression will remain the same is what it sounds like
3: um if I'm speaking to uh, there's there's a, the difference in a mother, because you know the the respect tone is added. The respect is added almost like a speaking in plural to say Mayo. Um, yeah.
0: So, if if I'm understanding correctly, then um, there is a difference in the um depending on the object, right? If it's a human, supposed to say a mango. However, between a friend between a lover and a parent there is there's an expression of respect that 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 you know maybe mary will not get that expression of respect that your your mother would get
3: exactly exactly even even nyanja has has that sort of a thing and lamba also other languages have something similar
0: so just these this is two data points so do not cite this right but it sounds like um the general trend here at least so far is that the the object of of the the love determines what expression is used towards it but generally objects if the object of the love or the subject of the love is a human being or something like that there is Pretty much, the same expression is used, uh, barring you know some modifications for respect. And if the the object or the subject of the love is non human, there is there is a way it's talked about. So that's the general trend. Things seem to be going in here, but. This is definitely going to be a topic of one of our philosophical um, Africans uh, get-togethers because I'm—I don't know about you guys—I am finding this absolutely fascinating. Sonia, thank you so much for for um, raising this question because you know it's 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 an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought. It's you know a way to get to know ourselves. I now I'm curious how it obtains in my language, which I don't speak very well at all. But there are many of us out there, right? Okay. So any any other questions or comments? We have one last short poem, which we will um, impose on Sheun to read for us, and then we'll wrap up for the evening. But before we do that, any questions or comments? If not, then we will hand the floor back to Sheun for the very, very last poem, which I believe you should have. You should. It's a very short one. Ojumo, am I saying that right? I hope so.
2: <laughs> um. Yes, I do.
0: All right. Floor is yours, sir.
2: Okay. Um. Thank you. It's called Ojumo, meaning uh, it could mean dawn. It could mean morning. Um. Ojumo Tomo Miloni ojumo mo o ni oje, Oju mo o ni oje, meaning uh, today's dawn that dawned on me, or the dawn that dawned on me today, it's a dawn of money. Ojumoto mo ojumo milo ni, Oju mo ni oje, mo ayaloje, loje yes. So it's it's quite short, and it's it's kind of like a prayer. Mm. Um, today's morning it's a morning of money of the children of a wife so you can tell it's a man's speaking mm-hmm. i think
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's, so, I, yeah. I, I, I do get that impression as well and the translation certainly accords with what you're saying so the poem um, is the day and it goes the day that dawns today let it be a day for money the day that dawns today let it be a day for children the day that dawns today, let it be a day for wives, and certainly sounds like a man's prayer. I, I would, I would agree there. Listen, an, an African man's prayer. <laughs> Because those those are the important things, right? Wise,
2: baby. <laughs> let me have
0: the money, let me have the children, and let me have the wives. Not nothing wrong with any of those in and of themselves. So but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you, Sheun, once again. If we could just, you know, quick round of applause for Sheun, you know, just to let him know we really, really appreciate him putting himself out there and letting us benefit from his knowledge of his language and sharing with us the the, the background. Also want to really thank uh, Fashola for stepping up as well and, you know, kind of giving us uh, another source of information. Sonia, I see your hand. I'll get to you in just a bit here. Thank you to Mukuka for, you know, once again stepping us and speaking to us from the, the Bemba and the Lamba um, perspective and uh, Nyanga, I believe, and Arao for stepping in as well. Um, Sonia. I was going to say, with a few medications, that's a really good warning
4: affirmation for when you first wake up and getting yourself energized to go
0: face the day I'm just for saying, everybody. You, you, you're not wrong there, and I believe it is uh, a Yoruba cultural practice, you know, to when you wake up in the morning, you hold your head, which is your Ori and the seat of your destiny, and you speak affirmations and positive things in your life. So, Shehun and Fashola, is this something that someone would wake up in the morning and say? Does it sound like that kind of poem? Or that kind of um, uh, 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 expression? Um,
2: I'll let Fashola speak on that, if he will.
4: Uh, I I think it's a morning like affirmation, like in good thing to say in the morning when you wake up before you step out. and the the wife's part is funny but it's just the way like the way the culture is uh, like in africa whereby like people like Mm -hmm. when we talk when a man is praying to have many wives that means that means he's talking about wealth because you need money to manage a lot of wives
0: right
4: right so so when they talk about that it's all about wealth it's all about wealth and we can't, we, we can't take away the fact that most of these poems are written when, like, for people that are kind of, like, ancient and in their own days, when a man marries a, a lot of wives, it means it's going to be richer, because that means he's going to have a lot of kids mm-hmm. to work on his family. Right. And- so, uh, you want to say something? Oh, no, I
0: was just going to let you finish.
4: Uh, so, I think that, I think so, that, that is why every time, like, that is why the prayer kind of like look like a man's prayer. Mm, mm. Like pray for kids, pray for more wives and that's how it is.
0: Right. No, thank you. Thank you both Sheun and Fashola for again just sharing your wealth of knowledge. Um and and you know, like I said after I read the English translation, there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting money and children and wives, right? And if you're dedicating yourself to their care and well being um, and your well being as a unit, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um but like you said, fas, it's important to read these poems in their in their context, you know, and not um distort them with modern sensibilities. I imagine a modern version of this paper you know of this this poem would be definitely still with the money <laughs> because that that much has not changed, but you know probably something in there for safety probably something in there for you know good connections you know just praying for the things that enable you to to succeed in whatever community you find yourself so um yeah absolutely nothing wrong there uh Fashula, you had your hand up
4: no 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 that was a mistake
0: okay no worries no worries well all right all right all right so it looks like we are done with our points for the evening um, um Mukuka, go ahead please i saw your hand
3: just to divert us a little bit nothing to do with the, with the story how come Sonia still has a, a hundred reaction on her twitter Like
0: interesting I don't see it on my end I don't see it on my side either it may be just a delay right right it sounds like it sounds like but hey, 100% for sure, this, this has been uh, an amazing time together, you dear friends. And I'm so glad that you made time to join us today. Um, we will continue next Friday. I'm just going to throw it out there that we have poems from the Hausa people. We have poems from Madagascar in Malagasy, which I would love, absolutely love, because you hear Malagasy being spoken. It's the most lyrical language. So if you have any person you know from Madagascar, drag them in here. I'm begging. We have a Maasai poem. We have a couple of Maasai poems. We have... um, some poems in Sesotho, in Shona, in Somali, in Swahili, and in Zulu. So if you know people who speak these languages and would be willing and interested to come read for us, please, please, please drag them into the room so we can have the beautiful experience of, you know, hearing these poems in the original languages and having the discussions we've had today because that's what makes this time together just absolutely wonderful. So we are at the end of our time together. We read Yoruba love poems. We dug into the concept of love as understood in the Yoruba context. We read a little bit about Yoruba courtship um, processes and talked about that some. Um, and we just had a really good time. Thank you again to Sheona and Fashola and um, Ken for you know sharing your your knowledge. Um, Sonia for your great questions. Mukuka for providing us some context from the the Bemba. Um, perspective arau for chiming in with your thoughts and the wonderful question and just everybody uh, for making time to be here samuel and um and astra and big sky and Merida, deadly sujata fatiha magnus novi sherry ayodele thank you so much all thank you so much for making time um we'll be back next wednesday for just general story time and then we'll be back next friday for more love poems so wednesday 1 p.m eastern u.s eastern central u.s um sorry eastern time u.s and then um 6 p.m on friday is when we get together again so this has been wonderful i really really appreciate you all and hope you have a great weekend please be safe don't do anything i wouldn't do and i don't do much so (laughs) take that as you will all right friends thank you all so much thank you all and goodbye
4: Thank you.